Let's do some stock market work and some economic work. Lots of fun. Stocks are doing, they're still doing pretty well. Let's see. Look at my stock sheets. Uh, Dow's up 388 for the week. NASDAQ was flat. The S&P 500 uh, up 40. I think most of them are at records or near records. But there's some other interesting things. Interest rates are creeping up again. Oil prices are creeping up again. Even gold is creeping up again. So let's go to our experts. And dear friends, Nancy Tengler, CEO and Chief Investment Officer, Laffer Tengler Investments, which, by the way, has a five-star Morningstar rating. Nancy's the smartest, folks. She is the (laughs) smartest, okay? And... Jim Urio, director of TJM Institutional Services, and people may not know this, but he's Chicago's leading restaurateur. It's Happy New Year. Thank you for doing this this New Year's Day raid. I like working on New Year's Day. They wouldn't let me work on Christmas. Okay. But I like working on New Year's Day. So, um, Nancy Tangler. What's going on here? Stocks are still strong. Profits are still strong. I mean, really, I think the economy overall is still strong. Um, Unfortunately, inflation is still strong. Um, Maybe inflation is good for stocks in at least the short run. Um, Here we are, New Year's Day. What's your stock market outlook, Ms. Tangler? Well, Larry, Happy New Year, and to you too, Jim. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I, I think I am still fairly optimistic, as I believe Jim is, on on stock performance for 2022, I, I, driven by a couple of things. Uh, one is the ongoing digitization of companies uh, in in the U.S. I, mean, I just read an article about Home Depot, which is using artificial intelligence. Hmm. Um, to, to drive, you know, how they restock shelves and also what the consumer trends are. So a, a company as, as sort of non-techy as you can get is really employing uh, digitization to improve productivity. I think that continues and expands throughout the economy. And then Tech CapEx continues to, to drive growth. Um, you know, the cloud market is total addressable market over the next decades, about a trillion. We're only halfway there, not even halfway there. Cybersecurity budgets are going up over 21%. And semis, we think, you know, the, the backlog and uh, disruption starts to ease uh, probably by mid-year. And we, the demand continues. And then lastly, driving all of this is share buybacks, in my view. X earnings, which are certainly important, but share buybacks, um, which reached a historic high in the third quarter, but were accompanied by super high levels of cash at the company level. That was about $3.8 trillion on the balance sheet. So when you look at all of that and then the context of the market's outperformance last year, you know, the, the high market multiple is really concentrated in eight stocks, and they're the usual suspects, Amazon, Microsoft, Apple, uh, Tesla's in there, NVIDIA, mm-hmm. Facebook, and and. Um, Amazon. And so when you take, when you back those stocks out, we're at about an 18 multiple, which is healthy, but not scary. So I mm. think you get high single to low double digit returns next year. Uh, you may, we may be surprised that the Fed doesn't increase, um, rates as fast as, as the market's expecting. And I think that would be very bullish for the market. Ooh. 
God, you were doing so good until that last <laughs> sentence. Oh, you were on an absolute roll. But the <laughs> Jim Urio, the, the inflation numbers are going to continue to be very bad. And the Fed is going to be forced to move quicker, faster, and higher. All right? That's my take. Now, Nancy may be right. Uh, you may agree or disagree. But I'm just saying you can't sustain 5 6 7%. I mean, we're going to have a blowout fourth quarter. Do we know that? Do we the the Dallas uh, Atlanta Fed is at 7.5%, 7.6%. The inflation rate's going to come in on the deflator, at, I don't know, 6 7%, 14% money nominal GDP. The Feds can't stand there and just keep watching that. I'm sorry. They're going to have to make a move. Now whether that hurts the market or not, I don't know. That's up to you. You got to tell me. Well, here's the problem with, with that thesis that you just said, which I agree with 100%, but we could have said the exact same thing eight months ago, that the Fed is forced to act right now and stop buying mortgage-backed bonds particularly, or else they're going to let inflation out of the bag. They didn't. And here's inflation. We increased the money supply, 40, uh, M2 money supply, 40% since the beginning of the pandemic, 150% since the Great Recession. Um, mortgage applications for new homes, according to the Mortgage Bankers Association, last year were $1.61 trillion, which is more than the highest year of when we were inflating the real estate bubble. So the Fed is still involved. Inflation is still here. I do think, like, I, I'm more, I'm positive the stock market like Nancy was, and I won't be as eloquent as Nancy, because I've never heard anyone be as eloquent as Nancy until ne- the end there. Never. But, no one. No one is as good as she is, except for that, that last that was sentence. That particularly good soliloquy. I really oh, no, liked she, everything about it. It had me cheering She's the best here. in the business. But, yeah, but, but the last sentence was not good. Yeah, I knew you wouldn't like the last sentence. Sometimes the truth is a hard pill to swallow. But by the way, a little quick side note. When your last bit before you introduced us, you said tough sledding out there and the madness that's going around. And I, I know usually I put you in a bad mood with my takes, but think of it this way. This is the easiest time in our entire lives to be a logical thinking conservative. Because it used to be that we'd have these moments of doubt. Now we know exactly that we're on the right side of this fight everything we yes. said was going to happen is proven to happen. And I'm talking economically as well as, as socially in this country. This is a weird time to be alive, but it's a great time for us to know we're 100% right. I got off topic there. I'm sorry about that, but happy no. to hear what I meant to say. No, 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 but you're on topic in this sense. We are right and we are winning. I mean, we're going to save America and kill the bill. I have no doubt about that. Me too. Uh, for, a, you know, a lot of reasons, but most of all, America does not want to go big government socialist, period, full stop. OK, you're absolutely right. Um, I want to come back to the point, uh, your money supply stuff. This is so interesting to me uh, for a guy who was uh, really reared as a monetarist. Um, goodness, it's 50 years ago. Carl Brunner and Alan Meltzer uh, at the University of Rochester and Carnegie Mellon were dear friends and tutors of mine. And I address this, I want to talk about this to both of you. Uh, The work coming out of Ed Hyman, who is a fabulous economist, and his whole economic service is just terrific. Uh, And he's been spot on. He's been an economic bull and a stock market bull and a profits bull. But he is emphasizing the monetary stimulus to which uh, Jim Urio just referred. Uh, And I I hate to give away stuff because I know people pay fortunes for his work, but this is general, you know, data points. M2 in the U.S. over the past two years 
has increased 41%. Okay, that is extraordinary. We've never seen anything like that. Um, I don't think the old, perhaps, monetarist, you know, MV equals PQ, you, you, it's, it's not as sta- the velocity is not as stable as it used to be, the turnover money. But, 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 uh, at this stage of the business cycle, uh, money burns a hole in your pocket with inflation. Velocity is not going to go down. It'll either be flat or rising. And that means you've got another year or two of inflation. Minimal. That assumes the Fed steps in to stop this. I don't know that they will. But this money supply argument, which we haven't heard much about, Nancy, in maybe 15 years, 20 years. It used to be fashionable, but it was no longer fashionable. This is a big deal. This is a monetarist argument that cannot be ignored. uh, And it has different ramifications, right? I mean, Um, It will raise the inflation rate, and eight months ago, okay, we're eight months later, to Jim's point, but that makes it worse. But it also raises the whole economy, and it also raises profits, Nancy Tangler. Now, I don't know whether this will end poorly or not. Larry Summers says it's going to lead to a recession when the Fed tightens. But money supply, M2, is a big deal. Yeah, and actually, you and I talked about this in the summer, um, and because you know, Jeremy Siegel came out with a piece, and he he showed just that that M two growth um, was skyrocketing over inflation, and that it was we were at a record difference, and so his his conclusion was that we would see twenty percent inflation over hmm. some period of time, hmm. and and that that isn't hard to imagine now, so. I, I do agree with that thesis, and and to my point about the Fed may not raise rates, is I, I'm not saying they shouldn't. I I think they are terribly late to the party, mm. and in the emerging market central banks have have been leading this movement. We've seen 74 increases since Russia began in the spring, and and we're seeing slowing economies. China's slowing, Brazil's in recession, uh, and so my only my only observation, and I I hope I'm wrong, is that. The, the Fed may not have the courage to increase rates as much as they should in the face of slowing global, global growth. Hmm. Um, maybe they will. And, and that, I actually think, would be better news for stocks long term because we're still in a, a negative uh, yield environment. Hmm. But I, I think you raised, and, and Ed Hyman and Jeremy Siegel raised the right point, which is what, what do we do with all this excess liquidity uh, other than inflate hmm. the economy? And We buy and so NFTs. I, we buy stupid things. That's what we do, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. but, but think of it this way. But the the money the money surge will inflate the economy. It'll inflate earnings. It'll inflate retail sales, and it will inflate stocks. I guess it will inflate housing, mm-hmm. right? So, mm-hmm. Jim, I you know you I go back to what Lee Cooperman told me uh, on the air. Uh, of the Fox Business Show um, six months ago now? I don't know. He he listed all the negatives out there, rising rates, rising taxes, rising regulations, and then he said, he said but I'm a fully invested bear. <laughs> and I, I just have to think that may still be um, the operating case. 
I, you know, um, I actually had a conversation with, with Dr. Stephanie Kelton um, about modern monetary theory and this nonsense Ooh, that's going on. And I yeah. think the worst, I, by the way, I think she's a lovely, nice lady. And I called her the Oppenheimer of our generation. What she is talking about here is an extremely powerful tool that has the possibility of being used badly. And the, the things you just said, like the notion that it theoretically just creating money, increasing profits when we needed it, you know, the, the, the Keynesian thing, it, it can work. It's just the question is, is it going to be overused? And remember, built into this whole nonsense notion is that when we start to see inflation from increasing the money supply, we're supposed to raise taxes real quickly to zap liquidity out of the system. We're not going to do that. These, the, the government can't agree on anything. They're not going to do it wherever it is in, in a uh, in a uh, election cycle. Plus, they're supposed to be able to spot inflation right when it's there, too. And they've shown us twice over the last 25 years that they can't spot non-traditional inflation if it jumped out of the bushes and hit them over the head with a stick. So <laughs> it's a terrible plan that could work until it doesn't, if that that's makes right. any sense. No, yes. that's right. Mm-hmm. It will work Agreed. until it doesn't. That's exactly my sense of it. I- I'm interested also... Jim, you're you're a commodity guy in in part. Uh, Stuff's starting to creep up again. Oil is, let's see, $77. Crude oil, West Texas, $77, up 4.5% last week. Uh, CRB spot was up a percentage point. Food up a percentage point. And also, on the downside, the dollar... Uh, has retreated some dollars slipped back down not a lot but some and then the five-year tips break evens back to 291 so that had gotten over three then it dropped way down by 40 or 50 basis points now it's back up approaching three again so is something going on here is what i'm really asking you um, market price indicators, which is an important discipline in terms of monetary theory. It looks like um, inflation is creeping back in. Yeah, well, I think there's a couple different components at work, and we'll take the crude story first. And I'm a crude bull up to like 85 in the first half of 2022. Mm-hmm. And I think Columbia researchers just came out today expecting this this Omicron variant to peak and start falling off on January 9th, so a mm-hmm. week and a half from today. So this thing, the Omicron variant, according to some doctors, is God's gift to this pandemic. It rips mm-hmm. through real quickly and is not. And, and again, I didn't want to make this all about the pandemic, but when you talk about oil, you have to talk about what the consumer demand is going to be. And there's a lot of supply issues, of course, with it as well, particularly when you talk about Europe and, and, uh, and their energy situation. But the rest of these, I think, is because the rest of commodities you mentioned is because of the fact that the Fed, although they, they're talking about being hawkish, are still buying $100 billion a month. Um, so th- I think the confluence of, of us coming out of this with the Fed going to be slow in retreating, and again, slow in retreating is, is an understatement, obviously. They should have been retreating six to eight months ago. But I think those are, those are telling us it's like a rosy time for the economy as soon as we're done with this, and the Fed is still going to be around. Yeah, well, uh, you know, Nancy, if if Jay Powell doesn't move fast, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying he's got, this is my take, he has a three-month window, and I'll tell you why. Right now, he's the king of the Fed, and the Reserve Bank presidents will back him uh, in a tightening move. 
when, how, I don't know. My view is they should stop QE dead in its tracks right now and start raising the Fed funds rate in uh, mm-hmm. in this month. But whatever. The Reserve Bank presidents will be more hawkish. But here's the rub. They're going to appoint, Biden's will appoint, uh, a bunch of woke dubs who are much more interested in climate change and diversity, uh, etc., than they are interested in inflation. Now, it'll take them three months minimum to get nominated and confirmed. I think there are three open seats. There may be four coming. At that point, the Biden Fed will rebel against monetary tightening. So my thought is that Jay has got to move this winter. That's his window to fight inflation before the woke dubs take over. I think you're right, Larry. I mean, and the, and the yield curve agrees with you. Um, so I, I, I'm not uh, at all opposed to that. I think, it, as, as discussed, it would be it would be good for the economy. It would be good for inflation. It would be good for stocks. And I do think we're going to start. I, I'm again, I may be wrong, but it seems like we're near peak inflation if we haven't hit it already. Which is not to say it's not going to be troublesome going into 2022 and throughout the year. Uh, but I, at the margin, at the rate of change, I think we're we're going to come down some, and Why? that will also be support. Why technology spend for sure? Uh, I think productivity is going to improve pretty significantly. I mean, companies are spending um, robustly on capex, tech capex in particular, because of the labor shortage and because they can. I mean, the cash levels at company levels are are super high. We're starting to see some easing at the port. I'm not saying we go to two. I'm saying we're down from 6.8, you know, to something closer to five. And that will, at the margin, be a difference. But it won't it won't change the the overall narrative, which is this this Fed and this uh, leadership in Washington, they just terribly miscalculated this. And until we see some regulatory relief for oil companies, we, as you know, and you talked about extensively, we went from energy independent to dependent overnight. Yep. And that drove up prices or reduced supply just as demand was increasing. So bad policy everywhere. I just think rate of change, it was going to be a little bit better than it's been. But last thing I'll say is, you know, Blinder wrote an um, op-ed in the Wall Street Journal yes. where he said, you know, it's very important to look at uh, the Fed's metric, which is, you know, uh, core PCE, uh, X food and energy, right? And yet his his case, his bull case for being, inflation being transitory was that uh, oil prices were going to come down. Yes, sure. Is, and that's Look, not consistent. <laughs> I love that. Alan Blinder is a longtime friend of mine. I just want to say that even though we see the world completely differently, he's a, he's a brilliant Keynesian, actually. Very, very smart guy. Um, I think he's completely wrong. And Jim Urio, look, Nancy's point about business investment and productivity is a great point. And business investment is looking good, although you've got all these regulatory obstacles and you've got potential tax obstacles. Hopefully that won't get through. The regulatory stuff, though, is going through. But, Jim, come back to the money supply. If the money supply is still – look, it's growing at 13% year on year. So yeah. it, it, it's, it had come down 
but now it's perking up again. You, the lags are one to two years. Why wouldn't inflation continue to rise? No, it's going to continue to rise, and they should be addressing it right away. There's something that if we're going to go down this road in the conversation, we have to remember that for 30 years, the Fed's main job was to paper over bad policy and increase regulatory environment at every level in this in this country, not just the federal level. I mean, just today, minimum wage went up for the second time in Illinois during this recession. So the Fed has known this for years, and some Fed members have even made mention over the last 30 years is that it, it, we're in a difficult spot from a macroeconomic policy stance. So the question then becomes, if the Fed is at a point now where they need to back off, which they are, because inflation has gotten out, has gotten out of hand, is the government going to counterbalance that with better and more growth policies? And the answer to that is obviously a, a laughing no at the federal <laughs> level. I mean, they just were talking about raising corporate taxes and raising capital gains taxes weeks ago in the midst of what's going on right now. So there, it, this is a real interesting come-to-Jesus moment, which I actually think the Fed will tighten, but not as much as they should. Mm. And the, the positive effects of coming out from two years of this malaise is going to be an economic positive. So it might be able to get not a soft landing, but a softer landing than what's possible. Mm. Boy, that's wishful thinking. Softer yeah, landing. How many soft <laughs> landings have we seen Never. in the last 40, 50 years? <laughs> right. Oh, we're sure. The to the crash they're, site. They're going fi- to fine-tune this thing. <laughs> yeah, sure they will. <laughs> Jim Uriel, how are your restaurants doing in Chicago, outside Chicago? Well, well, it, outside Chicago is much different than in the city limits. The suburbs appear, and I'm going to talk generally at first about restaurants. The, the uh, suburbs peop- are like the Wild West here. People don't seem to be caring as much mm. about uh, the, the, the virus and care as much about locking down. So the restaurants in the suburbs are still doing well, not as well as they were doing in fall. In fall, everything was, was really kicking. Um, they've slowed down a bit, generally speaking, but I th- still think restaurant traffic is very good. You know, we're, we're also talking about this is all still this money just being thrown at everything. A lot of it mm-hmm. is ending up in entertainment. And I think restaurants, they've got to, I mean, the, the prices that have been raised, which we're lagging and doing that at our place, but uh, the prices are amazing. You go out, it, it seems like it's about 30% more to go out for dinner for two, and they're still doing pretty well. You know, Nancy, Jim's point earlier, uh, wanted to come back to it. Omicron could be pretty much over in the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's an important thing. I know people are marking down, I think, their first quarter growth GDP estimates, but you know, I'm not convinced of it. And in some sense, uh, we've gone from pandemic to endemic, and the Omicron thing, which will generate a lot more natural immunity, um, is something of a blessing. I mean, I, I know some people have been hurt by it, and that's you know tragic but most people it's not very severe and i think you know the, the fatality rate has done nothing the hospitalization rates next to nothing the case rates have spot skyrocketed but the case rates may really collapse in the next month nancy yeah I, well and, and we know how to treat it for the most part so i i think the market be, you know initially reacted to Omicron and then and then looked through it. And I think that's what the average person is doing. Come to Arizona. You can't get a restaurant reservation. 
Hmm. uh, You know, on the same day, and they're all full, and people are out, and they're you know we we do get an influx of population from the Midwest, obviously in the winter, and so you know we're seeing more masks than we've seen uh, in in the last year, frankly. But the traffic is robust, so I, I think. I think this is is um, it. This may be not the end of infection, but the end of undue reaction to mm. infection. I know those that are my tax dollars work. heading to Arizona in the winter. Those are every retired teacher in the state of Illinois heads to Arizona in the winter. While I'm here shoveling snow, I hope they're happy there. Nancy, charge them a lot at these restaurants. That's because they're making one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. I, I know. In, in I'm from a family of teachers. They make a lot of money, man. <laughs> Benefits. Yeah. Nancy, what uh, what's it? Sorry, Sorry. Senator Mark Kelly, is that his name? Yeah, I think so. So yeah, Kirsten Cinema has been great. Kelly from Arizona, who's up in November, has said virtually nothing about uh, build back better, big government socialism, entitlement state. But Arizona is not a left wing state, and. Uh, can this guy be beaten out there? I mean, a lot of us, have, we've been in our Save America coalition, we've been running ads against him and stuff. He, he hasn't uttered a single sentence about this. But I can't believe that he's going to vote for all this nonsense in a state like Arizona, which may be shifting to the right. Oh, most definitely. I, I think he's definitely beatable. He hasn't said anything about anything. Yeah. Uh, occasionally, there's an ad run that he's fighting for lower uh, pharmaceutical prices. The one that has spoken most about Mark Kelly is Kirsten Cinema, mm-hmm. uh, And, you know, she's constantly tweeting about him um, and, you know, what a great candidate he is. But I, the, the candidates that are up against him uh, are formidable. And I think, mm-hmm. Mar, you know, Mark Bronovich, who's our uh, attorney general, mm-hmm. he, he's, he's a strong can, candidate, Jim Lehman. And then the Peter Blake Masters, who I think is super interesting, Peter Thiel's uh, president of Thiel Capital. He runs the firm, wrote book, has written a couple books with Peter Thiel. He is a really interesting business candidate. Mm. I don't know that he has the wherewithal. I think uh, Brunovich has got the lead, but uh, it, it's it, you can't also discount the fact that there's a lot of Californians moving in here. I just sold my home uh, to a, a, a Californian who thought they got a great deal. <laughs> I love this. They paid above ask, waived everything, and then immediately put solar panels on the roof. (laughs) (laughs) I hope they're not listening. I'm pretty sure they're not listening. But so I I think I think um, you know it'll be an interesting election for sure. But you know after the we voted to raise taxes here, and I promptly moved to my residence to Nevada and my voting. the, the governor came in and cut a deal with the legislature, and the the, the income tax, the top rate is two and a half percent. Yep, that's hard to beat, and yep. technology's moving in like crazy. So I like the governor out there. I like him a lot. He's been on the show a couple times. He's a very smart yeah. guy. Um, yep. President Trump Please. should not stop criticizing him. Jim Urio, last few minutes, second, no, last few seconds. You buying or selling stocks? I'm sorry, it's, I think 5% gain in the first quarter, but I want this last week I think was a lot of noise. I want to see a new monthly high, which is just about 40 ticks higher in the S&P on Monday when the real players come back in, and then I think 5% higher in the first quarter. All right, Nancy, buying or selling stocks? We're buying, but we're selective, for sure. Fully invested there. 
Fully invested bear. Lee Cooperman, love the guy. Nancy Tangler, Jim Urio, Happy New Year. You're both wonderful. Can't thank Happy you. Happy New Year to you, my friend. Take Happy care. All best.